This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Today's episode is part two of Lori's keynote address to the Forsyth County Medical Society's Sexual Health Awareness Group at Wake Forest School of Medicine, titled, How to Keep Your Love Life Alive. Okay, so I want to talk about explicit stuff, the Sunday school lesson, (laughs) the four stages kind of of the sexual response cycle. And I'm going to toggle between men and women and how it's a little different. Desire is the wanting to have sex. For most men who have normal levels of testosterone, you know, they are like a hot car tanked up with gas. And for most women, desire, I mean, they got a Porsche, they got a body that can do amazing things in bed, but they kind of have a broken starter. Many women have difficulty getting started sexually. They, they like it once they're doing it, but getting them to that moment can be very difficult. For him, it's like he's walking around with a basket of grain on his head that is heavy. The grain is the sexual desire, and crows of temptation all day long come and peck at the grain. You know, <laughs> He comes home to his partner, and he's like, ready to go. You know, and she hasn't had one thought that day about sex. Because for women, desire is kind of like we've been given one grain of wheat. 
and we got to go buy a plot of land and till it and weed it and plant that grain and then hope for some rain and sun. And then when it is time for harvest, we go and we thresh it and beat it, no pun intended, and, <laughs> and then we bake it into bread. And for us, actually, there's a tremendous amount of work that it takes for the female body, the female person, to have continuing desire. You know, we, we, we don't have as much testosterone, right? There's an empirical difference between us. So testosterone is the, the physiological hormone that governs hunger for sex. And men, your normal range, and a lot of you are really young, so you're way up here, dudes, is <laughs> like 1,000 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone in your blood down to about 300 is the normal range for men. Well, I have a lot of men... Some of them, maybe 38 is about the youngest, but they come to me and they're like, I got low, des low desire. I'm like, really? Yeah, they're in the 300s, 350 range, which is still, you know, technically normal. And I'm like, well, what does it feel like? Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think about sex like maybe once a week. And if I have a fight with my wife, I don't want to do it. And I don't have hardly any ever morning erections. And Viagra doesn't work really well on my erections. I'm not getting hard anymore. I'm like, bummer. <laughs> Women, our natural range of testosterone is 75 in half when we're 40, and infinitesimal, it's about like 0.2 when we're menopausal. 75 is where we start. When we're, how many of you think we peak when we peak sexually? How many of you have heard when we peak sexually? In the 30s, right? We actually peak hormonally 18. We peak, the, the whole thing about women peaking when they're 35 sexually is that women have a self at 35. They have some, you know, I, I can demand, go down and get busy, dude. You know, it's like I can... I can say what I want. And that's why at 35, sex becomes a lot better for women because they're able to express themselves and put a little in the game. But actually, hormonally, is when we're 18. We have vast differences of testosterone. Men, desire is rooted in their body. And women, desire is rooted in their minds and their imaginations, and their fantasies. It always has been, I believe. I think one of the things that I, I have been so privileged to hear men talk about sex in a way that I, I don't think many women in our culture will ever get to experience. And, and hearing it, you know, um, one of the things that I think drives me crazy is when their partner says, all he wants is sex. I'm like, damn straight, all he wants is sex? I mean, all that hormone coursing through his body. I mean, can you imagine what that feels like? Like how, you know, the biology of that, like it's optimism, it's, it's a force. Yes, and it changes who they are emotionally. It's, 
Sex is love for most men. The, the biology forms their emotional life. They have so much of this going toward a partner that yes, all they want is sex. Yes, they want it and they want it a lot. And it is how they feel love. But they want it with her often or with him. You know, they, they have an object most of the time that they want to express that desire too. It's not just that they want, you know, sex in a wooden sort of way. They could do that themselves, trust me. You know, it's that they want it with their partner. I had a, a patient, a doctor, who came to see me. I was treating his wife. She had low T. They had sex. Uh, she was menopausal, so of course she had low T. But they had sex five times a week. He, was a, he really, really liked sex. It was super important to him. This was his second marriage, her first marriage. And she thought it was important, too. She wanted to give him this, so she worked very hard at it. But as he came to see me, it turns out he, had, he was a physician, didn't have time to get that PSA checked in his prostate exam. He was stage four prostate cancer. He knew exactly what he was in for. And he came to see me pre-surgery, very nervous, very anxious, uh, a, a kind of a virile sort of guy, an athlete. And then I saw him two months after surgery. His chest had fallen into his belly. He was depressed. And he said, Lori, I, he was, had been given Lupron, uh, Lupron, and he said, I would not wish this process on my worst enemy. This is awful. He goes, but you know what? I wish for one day I had known what a body felt like without testosterone. If I had known that her body felt like that, I would have spent so much more time on romance and seduction because I thought her body felt like my body felt. And it's so different. Now I know what it's like to be without testosterone. I understand how little drive there is. You know, I've gone, you know, he was really a great case study for me because he, one day he had been full of testosterone and essentially the next time not. And I, I do spend a lot of time in therapy trying to help both parties understand the difference between the genders. You know, we're narcissistic about our bodies. We think our body tells us the absolute truth. Our body tells us everybody's absolute truth. When I was a young mommy, Saturdays were my day to run the errands. I'd throw the kids in the van, be tooling around town. It's now 1.30, my kids are quarreling and falling apart in the back seat. It's not lunchtime. I'm not hungry. You know, I make their lunch every day. Actually, my husband made their lunch every day. My husband makes their lunch every day, <laughs> and five days a week, and they eat it at 11 o'clock. And their little body said, you know, it's lunchtime. But my body did it, right? My body, my narcissist, I would even give this lecture, and I'd still do the same thing. I'd forget. So arousal is very different between us. You know, men wake up, often peak with testosterone in the morning. Bam, they got an erection. They are ready to go. They see their partner come out of a shower. They feel excited by that, and they get an erection. Their arousal cycle is complete. 
You know, boom, done. Women, we need a little more time than that. And it's more complicated. We're just not wired, unfortunately, to be instantaneous. I always say, you know, if I get to come back, I'm coming back male. I'm also coming back gay because I don't want to deal with heterosexual differences anymore. It's too hard. But for women, arousal is a process that, you know, when you're young, is fueled by your imagination. Women tell me, but I, I remember being easily aroused. I really do. I'm like, oh, really? What was that like? Well, you know, I woke up in the morning. I got, took a shower. I shaved my legs. I put on sexy panties. I thought about him taking it off at night. You know, I went through my day. You know, by lunchtime, she's starting to fantasize about the date. You know, she, she sets aside, maybe runs out at a noon hour and gets her nails done or something, the better to Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market kind of scratches back and all this and um, she's thinking about it right all day long by evening time she set aside six hours for a date right six to whenever how many of y'all <laughs> medical students and residents set aside and people with children set aside six hours for a date you know not so many and then, you know, they flirt, they have cocktails, they talk a little bit. By the time they get to the touching part, she is wet. She's lubricated. She's aroused. And she's like, that's what I want. I'm like, yeah, and you can have that. You got eight hours? You know, you can have that any day of the week if you will fantasize about that because it wasn't your body that got you there, it was the fantasy that you built in your mind all day long about it that got you there. That's how she uses her mind for arousal. But oftentimes, you know, we're getting stuff done. We're going to school, we're doing our jobs, picking up the kids. You know, we get home, set the groceries on the counter, rushing to get dinner, and your partner comes in and says, you want to do it? It's like, ah, uh, no. <laughs> It's, by the way, it's a really bad question to ask a woman, do you want to have sex, right? Because do I want to have sex, you know? I, I haven't thought about it yet. No. But what you should say is, I want to make love to you. I want you. That's so much sexier. That is so, you know, much more inviting to her and to, uh, such a bigger turn on than, are, are you interested? More of Lori Watson's keynote address, How to Keep Your Love Life Alive, What Every Doctor Needs to Know, is coming up next on 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. Wanting Sex Again, How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. 
Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Welcome back to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy and the conclusion of Lori's keynote address at Wake Forest School of Medicine. It takes women about 20 minutes to let go of the list and to get in the mood. Oftentimes that first 20 minutes, women don't like their breasts touched or their genitals touched. That's a long time. You know, what do you, what do, you do if you're supposed to arouse her and you're not going to touch her breasts and her genitals? It's like, well, you know, you could lay around, slow dance, maybe uh, undress. Somebody's cracking up about that idea. That's a dumb idea, Lori. <laughs> you know, but maybe cuddle in the dark, get naked. I mean, it takes her a while to let go of the list and to think about sex. My sweet husband, who I've been married to for 30 years, and his edited and it did a really helpful job with me on my book, you know, uh, edited that. And, and he said, you mean, sometimes when you're in bed, you think about other things? <laughs> like, I'm a woman, of course I think about other things, you know, of course. It takes women about a second 20 minutes to reach orgasm, and they reach orgasm primarily through direct, contiguous, clitoral stimulation. It takes women 20 minutes of direct, contiguous clitoral stimulation to reach orgasm. Do I need to say it a third time? Yes. It takes women. <laughs> it takes women about 20 minutes of stimulation to reach orgasm. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You know, and and what are the what is 
what does porn show? What, is, what do the movies show? Right? She's up against a rough tree. Nobody touches her clitoris. And she climaxes in a 90-second clip. You know, that is a total lie. That is not how women come. That is not how they reach climax. Only 15%, I'll say this one three times too, only 15% of all women reach climax through sexual intercourse. Only 15% of women reach climax through sexual intercourse. 15%. You know, and, and so many women come in and tell me, I say, you know, do you have orgasms during sex? No, I, I can't do that. I, 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 I'm inadequate. <laughs> you know, and it's like, do you have orgasms at all? Well, yeah, if he touches me. I'm like, okay, you're normal. No kidding. That's how women have orgasms. That's why women like foreplay, because that's when their body feels good, oftentimes. You know, lubrication happens about, if this is a bell curve and this is orgasm, I call it the 2020 solution. About halfway up, when she's had 20 minutes of warm-up, she's probably lubricated if she's young, young enough. It's, it's an unreliable sign of arousal. A better sign is her vasocongestion, right? When her, her genitals swell, her clitoris enlarges a little bit, gets a little bit erect. Um, one of the, the techniques that I highly recommend to lovers is that they should start from a, a fair cold start and the lover should touch her vulva while they're looking at it because being able to see the changes and what happens really helps guide them when they're in the dark reaching down there, you know, because it's kind of all mushy when you're in the dark reaching down there. <laughs> and it's like the urethra is actually the firmest structure that you might hit, and you're just stimulating the urethra, which feels terrible, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, they need to know where they are. And that putting sight to, to what they're seeing is a really good technique to kind of improve it. So also what happens, an interesting thing, is that about halfway, women's inhibitions drop. So if you have a, something hot that you want to try that night, don't ask her on the way home from dinner. Don't say, hey, you want to do this? Wait until she's aroused, because her inhibitions will be lower. And so it's a good thing to think about then. You know, men... They have like a gondola pattern, right? It's like, boom, they are aroused, ready. Women, it's like a slow climb up a mountain. Another thing I just want to talk about, because you'll run across this if you don't know this. So women also have, it isn't quite a bell curve. A lot of women, as they're being stimulated, reach what's called like a plateau. So it feels good, it feels good, it feels good, and doesn't feel like anything. It's not feeling good anymore. Done like I feel numb. You know what happened there? And that's a plateau. You're actually still highly aroused. It's very difficult to lose arousal for a woman. You know, the valves have to open again and the blood has to come back into your body. And so you're still high, but you don't have a sensation of rising in arousal. So it feels very flat. The, the way you get off a plateau is you, you can take a little break, it's okay. Take a couple minutes, do something else, switch technique, oral sex to manual stimulation to intercourse, switch it up something, you know, do something different, use a vibrator, stop using the vibrator, do something else. Uh, but that will help move you off the plateau. Women sometimes stair step up to orgasm. 
So they have a number of plateaus. Just don't give up on your body. The other thing that I um, talk about is if you're on a plateau or the problem with women is, first of all, they don't know how long it takes normal women to reach orgasm. They think they're comparing themselves in heterosexual relationships most frequently to male partners, you know, and they're like, I take so long. I'm like, compared to who? I had a young woman who came in, she was 19 years old. No, 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 this was the, the woman who, um, she had just had her first child, and she said, you know, after childbirth, it just takes me so long to reach orgasm. It takes me twice as long. I'm like, oh, how long does it take you? 10 minutes. I like gave her the money back, you know? <laughs> Here you go, girl. <laughs> 10 minutes. Men need to like have, you know, male partners of females have to have like 20 deliberate touches in their repertoire. You have to know what you're doing. Oftentimes, you know, when your husband gives you a back rub, he's like all over the place. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> and same with sex, you know, all that mushy stuff, they're, they're not sure where they are. And so, but they need to know where they are. They need to be symmetrical. There's a great website. You can write this down. It's called O-M-G-Y-E-S, oh my God, yes.com. It's very explicit. I mean, explicit in terms of it shows close-ups of vulvas. But it basically shows a lot of women of every ethnicity, beautiful young women, um, talking about the techniques that they like to bring them to orgasm. I mean, it is, it is something, a resource that we have not had all my years as a sex therapist. And it's a beautifully done resource. It's, it's terribly vulnerable. The young women talk about their experiences uh, and it's a great way to think about technique, watch it with your partner, don't do that, D you know, I like that, I think that would be good, don't ever do that one. You know, just, <laughs> it might be a good way to kind of develop the repertoire. My husband says women are kind of like combination locks, and the combination keeps changing, you know, every night. And it's true. If you're touching a woman and she's not responding, it's probably not your fault. I mean... She has to take some agency and direct you, and you have to be creative, and you have to kind of steel yourself to be directed. I mean, a good lover is easily directed. And 19 of your 20 touches may not work on any given night because she might have had too much salt at dinner, or she's close to her period, or you know, any number of things can change the subjective way her vulva feels about a particular touch. It's not her fault either, but she changes. Okay, orgasm. I think that orgasm for women is absolutely essential for libido. A lot of women, you know, they got to get the list done, and they're like, oh, let's just get it over with. Let's just go do it. Let's do it quick. Can we do it? How fast can we do it? You know, and of course, she doesn't have 45 minutes which is where a vibrator comes in really handy, just for the record. A vibrator can be used in the first 20 minutes or the second 20 minutes. 65% of all American women own vibrators. It's a great way if you have stress. I mean, orgasm is a great stress reliever. If you don't have time for a relationship and a partnership right now, but you want to stay sexually alive, it is a great, you know, great thing to, to have. The cool thing about women is that poor body, right? We can come again and again. We can come twice. We can have orgasms more than one. 
My husband likes to say, you know, what we can do fast, y'all can do better. <laughs> you know, it's a powerful experience. Okay, and then, of course, there's resolution, the fourth phase, when our blood pressure drops, our stress relief is present, you know, our pulse comes down, we sweat, our feet cramp. So many people in uh, places have often said, oh, yeah, my feet cramp. I didn't know that was, the same. that was what was happening. But that's normal resolution. I know that there's questions out there, and I want to be able to answer them. But I, I want to end talking a little bit about, you know, to keep love alive, we need to understand what's normal physiologically and what the differences are between the genders we have to resolve the pursuer distance or dance, especially sexually. And the way we resolve that is we give love the way our partner likes to receive it. So if your partner is a talker, you know, definitely make time for long time, make a, you know, let's go out to dinner, let's talk, let's take some time to do it. If your partner feels love most directly sexually, you know, it's not enough to say, okay, okay, let's just do it. What we have to say is we have to develop our own eroticism so that we participate as a full partner in that so that they feel the love that way. You know, it's, it's kind of simple. We fall in love in the beginning, and we think we have found the princess or the prince. By mid-marriage or mid-partnership, uh, we fall out of love, which is actually a healthy and necessary stage in every relationship. We have to fall out of love because falling in love is full of illusion. And falling out of love strips our own, our own projections away. We have an opportunity to finally see our partner for who they really are. And the third stage of love is real love when we decide to give our partner the love that they have asked for, the way they have asked to receive it. When we stop demanding, but, you know, this is the way I like it. And so you should like that too. When we accept the differences and we give them love their way. We commit our time, our attention to their needs. The crazy thing about it is that when we commit to giving our partner love their way, is we develop more fully. You know, maybe we weren't so erotic. Maybe sex wasn't that important to us. But now that we've developed our eroticism, we find that life is full of spice. There's so much more excitement. You know, it's a good thing. Maybe we weren't very articulate. You know, we, we didn't share our feelings. And we have a partner who wants us to talk all the time about our feelings. And we find that we become emotionally developed when we give them love their way. We become a more rounded better rounded person. We pay special attention and we learn to communicate. And we learn that we have better bedside manners. So thank you. You've been listening to certified sex therapist Lori Watson on 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.